Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. <laughs> Sign up and deposit up to £50 and Labrooks will put the same amount into your account, giving up to £50 worth of free bets. Follow the link to bet.chelseapodcast.net. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Chelsea again. Um, what can we say? It's been a stranger week. We've all been searching for goals. All we end up with is with big, big fat zeros. That's all we've got. And from zeros to heroes, we've got Mr. Gary Hayes. Right, bro. Oh, this is. Oh, I'm so happy that. Can okay, Seb. You may never have heard this before. Say that again. I tried please. it last week, and Andy had the same reaction. No, yeah, but say it again. All right, bro. What accent okay. do you think that is? Th- sorry, this is Seb Fontaine. Is here tonight. I have no idea. Let, let me speak some more. Oh, bro, got some dots going down to have a smoke down to the dairy. South, it's a bad South African accent. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's the. It's a Maori accent. It's not. It's Maori. It's a bad oh, South African bro, accent. Bro, what you doing? Playing you football, yeah. bro. Do some egg it's chasing, what? bro. No, you, you it's know. nowhere near New Zealand, is it? No, yeah. but it's the, it's the Maori accent. Yeah, but hold on. You did say it was a Kiwi Have you been accent. There? And then yeah, you... well, family lived there. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. been over there many times. And but actually, everyone can tell them because none of them can do a local no, so, accent. So, so when... Um, the podcast came out I played it to my brothers because my brother had come over from Berlin because where he's living at the moment and my other brother's back and they were in stitches after and I'm like oh bro yeah, you did that accent great and then when he went back to New Zealand uh, when he went back to Berlin he got his Kiwi flatmates and they played it and they were loving it and they're like oh bro because well, you're an idiot that's why they were loving it the, <laughs> not because it sounded he's, he's anything like their Kiwi, accent Kiwi culture to the UK bro pretty uh, trippy stuff like, eh? this guy's an idiot <laughs> this is hilarious that's you, what they were saying you could actually end up in an episode of Flight of the Concord <laughs> With that. Or, 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 flying, Murray, or Murray flying too. doctors. 
Yeah, well, oh, maybe. Sorry, that was that's, Australian, that's wasn't Australia. it? Come on. Hey, and you know that you cannot mix the two. Call a Kiwi and Aussie and you're in big trouble. Exactly, but when they speak the way I do, you can't conf- confuse them, can you? Well, you're getting confused there because <laughs> you didn't know which way your accent was going. I love that. If <laughs> only you could have seen that bit of radio. Anyway, as, as we were saying, that is Gary Kiwi Hayes. And then, of course, we have... Andrew Saunders. Nobody calls me Andrew. I do. My I mum do. calls me Andrew. I know when you you're naughty. Say that. And uh, I don't mean to be like your mother, but I think you need taking in hand at times. <laughs> steady, steady. <laughs> 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 but more of that later. And here he is, I as we not. <laughs> <laughs> as we said earlier, Seb Fontaine's here for the first one of the season. Summer. Hi. When summer? What are we? <laughs> January. Have you been outside? I've been. I've been. How's the DJ in Seb? Confused by the kiwi. You know, yeah. it's, it's summer down there. Yeah, right. is, okay. He is like the a way of transported <laughs> exactly. to New Zealand. He's put, he's, he, he, you know, just imagining he's in Auckland right yeah. now. Do you have a Do you have a DJ season? Is it Christmas a big money maker for you? Uh, Christmas. I didn't have much for Christmas. I was working Boxing Day, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth, thirty first. So it was. Right. Uh, it and was, what were they? Just big parties or uh, clubs or uh, Belfast? Fast, Dublin, Liverpool, uh, Derry, and then on to Cape Verde. Oh, oh just did. drop that in. Have you ever done one of those where you... Don't try and do a Cape Verde. Yeah, so where, 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 where you DJ no, do it. It'll be the same as the other one. <laughs> oh, bro, in Cape Verde, we talk like this, eh? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so have you ever done one of those where you're in London for New Year and then you fly no, to New York? No, when you go back to New York as well. Do yeah. Back to the Future, no, I haven't done that. Oh. Oh. Did DJs oh, no, still? Did, look, this question. is a rather rude and, and rather crass question. Did DJs still make huge amounts of money like they used to? Look at his shirts. Uh, some do. Not me. Not me. But some do. Yes. The, uh, is the age of the superstar DJ still among us? Or I think it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So basically, Calvin Harris does, and nobody else does. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. So moving on, I suppose we should have a look at. This, I mean, what a strange old time, you know, no goals, suddenly not, it's funny, isn't it? Every time things don't quite click, and it's been a season of not quite clicking in certain places, something else gets attacked by everybody. This is the week where we've seen Conte and and what he's going through being attacked, that maybe he's not got it, maybe he's not interested, and it sort of starts to drive me mad. Okay, we've had four draws on the trot and we've had three nil-nil draws it's the first time um we've drawn three consecutive games nil-nil in all competitions for the first time in our history yeah and it was dull football yeah very there dull. Were three, 270 three, minutes without a goal that was but the, even just the play and everything was really it was hard watching yeah. can we can we put this all at conte's door no of course no not no, exactly i think you can put a large portion of it no you at can't his door. i think you can and i'm one of his biggest fans and I've come on here many times and I've tweeted many times my support for him. I'm not saying he should get the sack or, you know, Chelsea should be getting rid of him or anything. But I think that you look at the way Chelsea are playing right now and it's a lot to do with that five-man midfield. Yeah, and I know that that's something that you've you've mentioned before. And I think you're right. I mean, I do think you're right. It clearly isn't working. I'm not disagreeing with you. But I think you also have to look at the amount of chances we've created uh, and the amount of opportunities we've had and the fact that we've just been massively profligate in front of goal. Yeah, and sure. actually, the margins are so fine that one of those chances goes... I don't know, it's a ridiculous thing to say, but one of those chances go in and we're all sitting there going, look, free back-to-back wins. Listen, not, and it was not every game is beautiful and pretty. And I tell you what, we've really missed a battler like Costa or a Drogba 
you know, when I, I mean, I really do like Morata. I love his movement, everything. But you know, every strike has a you know a little blip. But the fact we've only got one striker is, yeah. is is really a miss. I yeah. mean, and we really miss when the day when the game's not going well, when it's not the beautiful game. Someone like Costa could literally yeah. Beat well, the well, shit he did it last season when he I think he won Chelsea like twenty one points with yeah. the goals yeah. he scored. I, I mean, know, we've decisive really goals as well. Ugly goals. That's what we're missing. I, yeah, I think we where the, the problems with the five man midfield comes into it is that I think it's. It's, it's you know important. Chelsea have different systems they can play. They clearly have got those two systems with the the, uh, the four man midfield or the five man midfield and the varying two forwards or the three. I think the problem is in with this five man midfield that when it works, it's incredible, like it did against Atletico Madrid, for instance, early on in the season when you know completely dominated and played them off the park, and you know that was one of the best performances under Conte. But then when you've got Morata struggling the way he is and what that means now is that everything is on Hazard. Chelsea are predictable and they're easy to defend against. And I know there's, there's been opportunities well, so where but, they've been but let me, profligate. Let me, but cla- let me clarify what you mean by that, everything's on Hazard. You know, we had a situation in the Arsenal league game where Morata had three clear chances. Yeah, no, he did. He did. No, you know, and if he'd have put one though, of those when, away... But when Morata's misfiring the way he is then suddenly the impetus is on Hazard to do everything. Because when you play but that... But he's misfiring as well. No, but well, that's the point, is that... So the emphasis is on him having to do it now, and they're both not doing it. So mm. what you need is you need three attackers in that area because... So, so just to spin that around, could you say when Hazard's misfiring, it's all on Morata? Yeah, but e- equally, the, the, the point is, is that Hazard's playing as the number 10. Yeah. So then suddenly Hazard becomes... He's the fulcrum of that side anyway. And when the striker's not doing it, and the, the striker's not... Because Hazard isn't the main outlet for goals. He's not in that team to score the most goals. Morata is. No, I agree with so, that. So when Morata's not scoring the most goals, who do you look to? Hazard. And suddenly, when Morata's not on it, and he's not getting the service, it's easier to, for teams to target Hazard, which they have been, and you know to nullify the threat. But then my, my concern is, is that when you're playing this five-man midfield with the current personnel as well, it doesn't work. Because what it's so reliant on, which is something we sort of spoke about last week with Rick, is... You need a Frank Lampard figure. You need that number eight who's willing to get f- so far forward that he becomes the third attacker. Yeah, yeah. Well, this went- is what we've been saying all the time, is yeah. that at the moment, we know where the attack is going to come from. It's either going to be aimed towards Morata, either to glance in the net, get onto the end of a cross or whatever, or Hazard will jink through and then maybe assist for someone. There is nobody. And Bakayoko was trying to do it a few weeks ago, trying to get into the box to be the extra surprise man in there. But it's not really happening at the moment. And I think we are missing a midfielder who can surprise everyone. Ghost and... Okay, look, Frank was exceptional. And to find another Frank is not going to be easy. But we need somebody who's going to score... 10 or 11 goals a season from midfield. You know, that, that doesn't sound Could like... Could that person many. be Ross Barkley? I was about to, I was get about to, to say that. This, well. <laughs> this, this is, you know, I, I still think Ross Barkley, if he is actually near fitness could be the surprising good winter signing that we actually need. Somebody could just change it up for us a bit. What were you going to say, sir? I was going to say, what about Ross Barkley? Oh, you weren't going to add any, any layers? <laughs> no, that was it. That's all I had to say. Could, could what I, were you going to say, Gary? Well, could I just add to this, so this five-man midfield debate against the, the four is that when, when, when Chelsea play with that three-man attack, you've got the two inside forwards and then Morata being the, you know, the, the main striker, is that what you've got, when Chelsea break quick, 
they've got the extra attacker there. And what that extra attacker gives is the width. And when Chelsea break quick with the two attackers that they've got, if another man from the midfield isn't getting forward quick enough, it doesn't give you the width. So no, it I makes the way Chelsea attack so narrow, which makes it easier to defend against. And what you're doing is you're putting more pressure on Alonso and Moses or Zappacosta to really work that those flanks even harder than what they're asked to in, yeah, in the, the four-man midfield. Also, if you watch Alonso the last few games, he's been getting... Much tighter. He's been getting into the penalty box. He's not well, keeping the He did, the like, for the Arsenal game yeah. when he scored. But So my point is, is that yeah, Morata and Hazard are misfiring, but then what compounds the misery even more, in my view, is that Chelsea, and this isn't me pointing the finger at uh, Bakayoko saying that he's a waste of space, because I don't think he is, but Chelsea don't have a player whose game is that box-to-box role. Yeah. Now... I was on the podcast last week lamenting the fact that we signed Barkley, not for the fact I don't rate him as a player, but I was thinking further forward down the line. But then as you start looking at this five-man midfield, because Rick thought that, you know, oh, your players are, you know, as an inside forward in a, an attacking three, whereas my debate was, well, I don't think he will. I think he'll play further back as part of that five-man midfield, where you're looking think, okay, if he's going to play him, that's where he will be, will be playing Barkley. But how fit he is we don't know but I think out of everyone in the side he's the player more adept to doing that but then who, who do you drop okay because then you've got Drinkwater who's not really getting a look in and it, that's not really his game anyway to ask him to do that it's not really Bakayoko's game from what we've seen and what we saw at Monaco didn't really do that anyway it's definitely not Kante's and Sesk well we, we know what Sesk is and he isn't a player who's going to be up and down running you know well the answer to your question is probably Bakayoko and 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 you know and I think you have to say I hate slating the players you know you probably see me on Twitter all week defending the players against you know abject negativism and uh, negativism and, and and misery and are you I- saying this is a hypocrisy moment idiocy idiocy from some of our fans there's you know, a lot who, of it yeah. there is a lot of it um but I have to say with Bakayoko he probably needs to be taken out the firing line a little bit and, and given a chance to reset because uh, there's two arguments. One, you just keep playing him and hope he plays himself into form um, or you take him out and, and, and try another uh, try something else because at the moment he's not impacting the game at all. He's not adding value to the game. And I refuse to say that, you know, a 23-year-old, 22, 23? Yeah. 23-year-old is, is, is dead in the water and finished and a busted flush because I think, you know, when you're that young, you can be, you know, coached, uh, coached into some kind of form. And, and I think he's clearly got all the attributes but at the moment I think that he's not adding any any value at all and I think that if anybody comes out of that it's probably going to be him yeah I would think See, so I, I think, I think yeah I think, yeah, I I, I, I think actually out. both of them could come out um, I actually think every time for me personally every time I've seen Danny Drinkwater play I think he's looked really good I don't think he's let the side down. I think he's done. Well, he wasn't very things. good against Arsenal in the no. Carabao Cup. No, okay, that yeah, that's that's fair enough. Most of the time, I mean, he came in for Drinkwater in that game, you know, and uh, drink. Uh, sorry, he came yeah. in for Bakayoko yeah. in that game, Drinkwater, and um, you know, I thought it was a great opportunity for him, particularly in that in that game, to to show what he's made of. So and the, only, the only thing didn't was... really impact the game. You know? No, but I th- I think he was left chasing shadows a bit. I, a I bit think headless I think that midfield well, needs that, to be but, sorted but Kerry, out. That's his job yeah. to chase shadows. Yeah, oh. okay. No, that's that's a fair point. But I also think there's a bit of confusion about what they're meant to be doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think and his I, game is to play. He's, he hasn't played in a five-man midfield in his entire career, and right. he looks like a player who hasn't played in a five-man yeah. midfield in his entire career. He's used to being, especially when he was at Leicester for that one season, him and Kante. That's why I think that. I like the fact that Conte hasn't rested on his laurels and that he's trying to evolve this side and Chelsea having uh, teething problems from the fact that he's trying to do that. But to turn your back so quickly on the system that won you the title and didn't just win you the title by, you know, a few points, you 
Chelsea it's walked their way to the title yeah. last year and they had such a quick turnaround for a team that finished 10th the year before. They had no right to win that title. You know, Chelsea started the campaign with the view that if they get back into the Champions League, it would have been a good season and suddenly they became England's best team in the matter of a couple of months because of what they were doing on the training ground with the, you know, the 3 4 three. And a joy to watch. Yeah, yeah, which exactly. Is, which, yeah. Is, which, is, which is, we are not a joy to watch at the moment. But isn't no, it, isn't it, isn't it really laboured? The fact that he's made this change to 3-5-2 suggests that he doesn't trust. There isn't a pairing in the middle that he trusts to hold that midfield at the moment. You know, and that actually he wants to put three players in that, in that kind of central midfield role as a security blanket, essentially. I think I think he's being too cautious in a way. Because I I, look, I do. I'm just yeah. trying to think through yeah, no, his, think, his I, thought. I, I, don't, I don't think he's being too cautious because if he, if he were, then I think you'd have seen drink water, Kante and Bakayoko more frequently when he's putting Sesk in there. I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to find a way of getting Sesk into this side, which we spoke about this time last year yeah. when Chelsea were closing out games. What were they doing? The three four three was getting dropped. For the last 20-25 minutes, the five-man midfield was coming, Cesc was coming in, and when Chelsea were winning matches, the matches were more open, so that five-man midfield looked good because they were able to keep the possession and yeah. basically play football further up the pitch. Whereas now what happens with that team is that Chelsea's, the midfield and the attack, there's too much of a gap between it. So when Chelsea break, by the time the midfield have got up there, they, Morata and Hazard have been dispossessed and they're getting turned. And that's why you're seeing teams like Leicester on Saturday batter Chelsea nil-nil. That's a joke for you. Yeah. Just because I've seen what you're saying. We'll get on to that. But anyway, anyway, we, don't make that joke. <laughs> don't make that joke. And <laughs> we'll the come, look I just got. I know. Well, that we, we better take a bit of a break here. <laughs> so we'll be back in a minute. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Right. Well, I think things have calmed down in here. Andy, you're still going to batter Gary well look you know I mean I think we'll come on to talk about yeah. the, the so-called nil-nil battering by Leicester but, but going back let's to, go going back back to, to Arsenal. the Arsenal game okay. um, you know I think it's it's uh, it's important to know that Arsenal came to suffocate the game they didn't come to be Arsenal they came to sit back you know for Arsenal you know we had 54% of the possession which is you know really you know strange against Arsenal they, they definitely didn't come to attack us and so but you know they've we were not done it, that for a while they, no, they they've worked this out haven't and they it, was, yeah. it wasn't a full strength Arsenal team either no it wasn't no you know, uh, you it was know, an Arsenal side designed to dig in I mean our side was strong we had Courtois in goal we had a back three of Azpilicueta Christensen and Rudiger you know our normal uh, fullbacks Moses and Alonso the, the three the, the, the three midfielders you mentioned Drinkwater Kante and Fabregas with Morata and Hazard up front so you know we were going for it it's a semi-final yeah. you know theirs wasn't a massively full strength <laughs> team they sat back they looked to suffocate the game they didn't create many opportunities they only had three shots on target we had six you know and uh, we really struggled to break them down and, and create opportunities yeah I think I think that's absolutely true I mean the one thing that I'm hearing a lot in the ground is people getting fed up of this constant rotation of the back three now I know that doesn't really affect nil nils but maybe as a platform we, you know last year he he picked his back three and that was it pretty much unless there was no injuries choice. no exactly but it worked now he's, everyone now he's got choice but do we think it works or do we think it upsets the well, equilibrium well, no, of the side? Work. Six clean sheets in our last eight home games. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I mean, not you know, saying about... <clears throat> but why, why would people complain about clean sheets? No, but there's, there's, <clears throat> there's something about the way we bring the ball out that 
it takes about 15 or 20 minutes for that back three when it changes to get into gear. I disagree. I think no? it's nonsense. It, okay, it, it, it I don't has know. looked shaky. It I did look shaky. I think we've been lucky. There's too many bodies in the middle. And when you see the way Chelsea are playing football now, they're passing sideways across that midfield so everyone gets a touch. Because when they look up... They see Hazard and Morata and they've got men on them. Yeah. So they're moving the but ball. But that's not a defensive issue, is it? No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. No. I think the problem is the five-man midfield because you get Pedro or Willian further up the field. So when Chelsea break quicker, you've got the inside forwards giving the whip. You've got Morata, we've got Morata through the middle. And what you're doing is you're occupying their defenders more. Whereas Chelsea aren't occupying, they, they can't get enough men forward. They can pick everyone up and mark them. It's not about the defence. It's about getting the men up the pitch. So... so- which is where that sorry, which is where that number eight idea comes in at the midfielder bombing forward, which yeah. is where arriving Touchwood, yeah. Ross Barkley is going to be doing. Should we be more active in this transfer window? I mean, quite clearly, we're missing a couple of players. You oh, know, we're, to, we're signing Alexis Sanchez, didn't you know? Or <laughs> trying to get Andy Carroll on loan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, I, at the moment, maybe it'd be like a George Weah signing so, absolutely well, we'll score against Spurs and that's no, it <laughs> yeah. and then become president of Liberia do we, do we think that we're, they're, they're not Newcastle. backing the manager because the manager is going to go do you think I mean why the, no. some, you, you don't think so I think I think that uh, he, he doesn't look happy there's a, there's, a, there's a brilliant tweet that I saw earlier and this is from Emanalo's BAWA it says, uh, I'm going to swear now, uh, fuck's sake, Chelsea, if we miss out on signing Andy Carroll because we're dicking about trying to get some bloke and his dogs from Arsenal, I'll be livid. <laughs> <laughs> Which just about sums it up, really, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, we've got does. Andy Carroll, who, you know, all right, you know, if he was free and not costing a lot, you, know, you could bring him on the last 10 yeah, minutes. Apparently to they kinda, 35 million. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, Alexis Sanchez, <laughs> if, you, if you do the maths around the Alexis Sanchez deal, it's actually 150 why, million but, quid. But and why are we not The wages, but, the signing on fee, you know, the, the 35 million at Arsenal, it's 150 million quid so essentially you're paying a 29 year old 400 grand a week 20 million quid a year for the next five they years they must have some kind of plan because Batshuayi looks like he's off to Sevilla on, on loan well, well, yeah. well you know and that's no so, bad thing no but so well it but, is if but, Chelsea don't have another striker well, he won't, no, he won't, he won't let him go unless they have yeah. someone else but there's well, got to be a plan but you but there's nothing I don't you know we've, we, we buying don't top, buying top class strikers in January has never been an easy but we, job but we just don't seem to have the ambition of the two Manchester clubs in buying some well, no, we don't. We don't. We don't have a sovereign wealth fund for one thing. And when you've got a sovereign well, yeah. wealth fund, you know where you can make up your own tax laws and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> then ultimately, you know, you've got unlimited funds. You know, yeah, we, we were we were the unlimited fund club under. Um, yeah. But these days, petrodollars on their own are just not enough. And also, you know, so let me finish my point. Okay. Is like you know, is that you know that actually, unless you've got a sovereign wealth fund like PSG or Man City, it's very difficult to compete on that level. Man United are going for a shit or bust strategy. It's like you know they just have to spend the money you know otherwise they're going to they're going to spend another season uh you know uh, in the um in the box seats uh, in, not in the box seats rather you know we're struggling i think at the moment to get value um uh, you know in the in the january or in any window because it's so yeah. difficult yeah you but know, i think i think the thing it's interesting though what you say about that because actually within this sanchez situation if what we're hearing is to be believed man city are the ones who are pulling the rug out of this saying, well, hold on, basically you're changing the parameters and we're not going to be held to ransom. At every point, the people with the biggest money have to make a stand and go, you know what, we're not going to do that. Well, there's an element, but I, I also don't think Man, Man City, City, Man City the moral, don't, moral guardians. But they, of, don't, they don't really need Sanchez. No, and they, so they can they afford to yeah. make that big yeah, statement with Sanchez. But to, what I would say about where Chelsea are now is that it's not that Chelsea struggle to find value, it's just that Chelsea have changed their strategy... Uh, 
in in a way, well, struggle Ch- to find value under their own parameters. Yeah, That's in, my point. In a way, Chelsea are ahead of the market, and people might laugh at that and scoff at that right now. But Chelsea are in the way that they were ahead of the market in two thousand and three, because Abramovich came in, and whether anyone likes it or not, he changed the landscape of European football. There wasn't you know, a sugar daddy owner to the, you know, okay, you might've seen Jack Walker in the past and um, the Moores family bankrolling Liverpool, but to the level he did it, you know, no, no, no one had done that. And then that, that's what got, you know, um, the shakes involved and all the rest of it, because it was this knock on effect. And what Chelsea did then, where they propelled the club forward with this, you know, cash injection, you know, that, that changed football. And then suddenly teams saw, you know, clubs saw that you could do it. And now what you're seeing is Chelsea at a time when, the TV money's coming in and clubs are going on insane you know, spending sprees and signing players for £220 million. Chelsea have actually taken a step back from the market they created. And I think that in five or six years' time, what Chelsea are doing now, you're going to see a lot of other clubs doing because Chelsea are getting their house in order at a time when the club revenue's coming in. And, you, you know, there was a, um, a tweet, uh, there was a thread earlier on Twitter from um, a guy in Switzerland that I just put out, said, you know, thread on um, Chelsea's, uh, you know, financial spending where they're trying to make, you know, it... You see what Liverpool have done with Coutinho, you know. They, they bought Coutinho for like £8 million, pounds, they've sold him for 142 they, they can't do it to the same scale, but Chelsea are doing it year in, year out now. And that's the, that's the club's business plan, but they're doing it while winning trophies. I mean, you, you could see, uh, you know, when Conte, he asked for, you know, he had a, a wish list of about three or four players. And I kind of get what the club, you know, the club said no, because nearly all of those players were either 30 or just about yeah. to become 30. And that means they've got no resale value, no resale exactly. value. So I think they were right to say, no, look, we, we will back you, but you have to choose some younger players, some, you know, something that adds, you know, some real value to, you know, that can be resold on but at the moment it does feel you know he's very negative about the transfer market not, he literally says it's got nothing to do with me they buy the players I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think this is a lack of ambition I think that you know a lot of the fans are out there going we're showing a lack of ambition I think that's actually the wrong phrase yeah, to but, but, I th- but I think Conti is partly giving that impression because he's kind of saying well it's nothing to do with me I just get given what I get I given think, oh, and, and that in itself is giving the message of a very disjointed setup at the club and I think that's coming from the man himself you can't argue that he's basically saying I'm just you know I'm just the coach but, but he's, he's always operated in, in the European system, which is to have a technical director and a director of football above that him, are give, working together, that, that, that giving him players to, to work with. Now, I think any manager that's going through a poor patch is going to is going to throw their toys out the pram a little bit and say, sure. "Give me more players to work with. I haven't got the talent." I mean, it's a certain amount of deflection off their off themselves. But I don't think, and I, and I know that you know, I might get shot down by Chelsea fans on this. I don't think we are showing a lack of ambition. I think we're showing a certain amount of prudence. I think we're not going to be drawn into this kind of suicide market that's going on at the moment. As I say, the I Alexis Sanchez deal could end up costing £150 million. The kid's 29 years old. You know, you'll yeah. be paying a 34-year-old yeah. £20 million pounds yeah. a year. Um, now, th- by anybody's business, there, that's though. stupid business. And what's even worse about that is it throws all the rules that you put in place exactly. and spent years getting together at Chelsea out of the window. Suddenly Hazard won't sign his next deal for 200000 He'll want 400000 yeah. Courtois will want 300000 I, I would be amazed if Hazard's with us next season. Well, but mate, but, but, but we want to give ourselves... The, we want to give ourselves the best chance possible to negotiate with him and if you do if you throw a yeah. grenade into the dressing room and basically it. say this kid's on 400 grand a, a week Hazard's not going to turn around and sign a contract at 300 grand a week this is how the modern footballer you know values their status yeah. you know he's going to want 400 grand a week and that pushes the whole market up now if we're trying to be a football club that wants to build a billion pound stadium that wants to you know that yeah. wants to you know have a, have a sustainable plan over the next you know 50 years 
you know, so Abramovich can become a CEO rather than a, a you know an angel investor, then I think that you know it's really important that we we stick, as Kerry says, to the plan that we've we've set out. And paying thirty year old players twenty million pounds a year is madness. That's a sign in the one thing. Sorry, and I'll let Go you. Feel, I'm going to shut up after this. Would I like Alexis Sanchez as a footballer? Damn right. I think he's a brilliant footballer. I think he would add real value. I think we would really push on with him. Do I think it's it's prudent for the club to buy him at this stage at that level? I don't. Exactly, and that's the point I was going to make about this signing Chelsea made ten years ago. You know, uh, yes. or, or fifteen. It would have years been ago. the state. Shevchenko, for instance. Okay, it was thirty million pounds plus the wages that you look at now and think that's peanuts. But at the, at time, the time, thirty million pounds in two thousand and six was massive, massive money. And Shevchenko, I think, it was twenty eight, twenty nine. Doing exactly what Sanchez is doing. Torres. Yeah. Torres, well, exactly. I, I mean, I, just, I don't think we will have Hazard next season. I don't. And Sanchez... Well, would, we don't know, though, really, he, do we? I, I think that, that would have but, softened but, the blow. Can I, can I just make a point about when we were talking about value and, you know, Seb said about the resale value of players. Chelsea aren't a selling club by any stretch, but what Chelsea do is they sign players like Barkley. And this is what we were talking about last week, that for, for the business, I think it's a great move. But at the same time, I'm just torn with it because I'm thinking I want to see these young players come through at the same time where their pathways are getting blocked and all the rest of it. So, but you look at Chelsea and what they do is they were happy to let Costa go this year because he's getting to the back end of his 20s and they're getting double the money they got where they paid and for. And he was but, a pain in the ass. So here's, here's some stats. So this was the thread from, it was a guy called Swiss Ramble. And um, so he, he was talking about what Chelsea are selling and all the rest. I'm not sure if he's a Chelsea fan, but he's just a business, you know, writes about business football. Uh, business in football and um, so over the last four years uh, Chelsea have earned £224 million from player sales compared to just £32 million at Manchester United £45 million at Arsenal and £17 million at Manchester City that just shows the business model yeah. that Chelsea have got in place and that's why Alexis Sanchez isn't going to work for Chelsea as a business because they need yeah. the, the move to be a business move as well as it is a, a move for the, the and all of, and all of those clubs have got 20,000 more seats than us as well exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly and the other question out of those sales how many of those players do you really really miss exactly so, and, you know, and, the, good and people can point to Salah and De Bruyne when Chelsea sold them it was good business Regardless of whether they've gone on to become good players or not, it was good business. At the time, they were not right for the club, and that's yeah. it. And my, my or, last... or, or they weren't given a chance. They, you know, not all of them were given a chance. I'm not. Yeah, sure, sure. But at the same time, the money that Chelsea sold them for, it was. Well, it, it seems good like business. good business because we'd not seen the best of them. You know, it, it's so. But you know what? That, because that you're looking, you no, think, one would, would, would no one has a crystal ball. No one has gone on to no one develop, has develop the way he did. No. Had he been at Chelsea, no. he wouldn't have done. Listen, we, we've been time. around these houses so many times. Look, on let's just one thing about the actual game. There was some booing at the end. Oh, you, right. you're, well, the Leicester, the Leicester, the Leicester game. game yeah. Oh, right, we haven't even got We've to got that there, yet, right. Okay, but, yeah. But we so, will. All right, we'll but I mean, I'm that. just sort of on this theme of, you know, sort of negativity. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I spent think... the last week talking to, you know, to Chelsea fans on Twitter about, you know, our lack of ambition, mm. about the fact that, you know, we're, we're, we're not in for the likes of Aubameyang or, or Sanchez. I think, I think people have got it all the wrong way around. And all these players are quite troublesome. You know, Aubameyang, Aubameyang definitely is. A, is. is a, you know, good luck to Wenger, you know, for his last signing, which it probably will be but and I don't want Sanchez because if you look at him his face is always downturned and miserable <laughs> and it's too big for his head so yeah I don't want him at Chelsea got, he, he, got, we want he has people got like Costa back he's yeah. got really good hair who Sanchez yeah really, really good like hair. It? he's got really good hair I'm, 80s, I'm not <laughs> sure about that is he's that, got really good hair can, can I just say as well about Sanchez hair envy <laughs> I have I definitely That's, have well we know what this podcast is <laughs> going to be called what, what hair um, but 
J- just on this idea, you're making a comment about my head. No, no, I was saying what yeah, part of hair do you like? Is it top or bottom? The legs. Um, but uh, what I was going to say about the lack of ambition is that this lack of ambition, apparently, that Chelsea have got that they're being criticised for in the in the same breath will be these fans saying, "Where's the youth?" And if Chelsea aren't signing players, cause, you know, again, we last week going back to last week, we were talking about Barkley saying, "Okay, look, forget the next six months. What about the next two or three years? What about Loftus Cheek and Baker and the rest of it?" If Chelsea don't sign Sanchez this summer, be, uh, sorry, this January, because they're thinking, "Okay, we got Morata as our number one, and then ne- in in the summer we'll be bringing Tammy to be drafting in. So where does Sanchez fit in? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And we're also going to be, you know, do John Sterling's going to be bumped up the squad with with Musonda. So those, in, yeah, so those those inside forward positions are going, you know. I'm talking in a dream world here because I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, hypothetically speaking, if the club are thinking that, isn't the ambition there that they're trying to find this pathway for the youth? I don't think that is the case. But at the same time, fans will criticise the club for not moving for Sanchez. But at the same time, they're saying, oh, play Abraham, play, you know, Sterling. You know, well, how are they going to get games when Chelsea got a £150 million investment? And this is the point I was making last week, that when you've got a £150 million investment sat on the bench, you need to justify that. And in the same way that you've got, you know, the um, the fifteen million pound investment in Barkley, you need to justify that. So, what what is the club's plan? We don't know that for sure. We don't know what the long long term game is. I think also as well, people forget how complex football is. You know, in terms of business dealings, it's, it's so, a simple game. There's so many moving parts in a transfer. There's yeah. so many different <clears throat> things that the average fan, me included, know absolutely nothing about. You I'd love to watch. You it. don't know. You know, you, none of us around this table really know what goes on behind closed doors. What what the negotiations are. What the true cost is, and what the business model is. Really, all we're all we're looking at is a game of monopoly where we want to put it all on part lane. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it, exactly. it, it doesn't it, work you know, like that. And we're very emotional as football fans because we just want the best players. And we want to win games, and of course, we'd all love. Sanchez he's a brilliant footballer but you know I think sometimes you've got to take a little step back and go we want this club to be around for the next 50 years and we want us to have a sustainable plan a strategy you yeah. know what I mean if we're going to throw it out of the window for some marquee signings it makes no sense to me no we're beyond marquee signings like that now I think we've proven that we are at the the top part and how many of, of those the... marquee signings have actually worked no well they don't well, that's, that's the history of Chelsea under Abramovich in that even though they were spending massive money when he first came in who are the big success stories as Villaqueta yeah, well, he, even still, he's, you know, Ivanovic. he's the non- v- Victor Moses now. <laughs> it's taken five years to and, get a yield I mean, on that Alonso, investment. Alonso, how good is Alonso? Alonso, you know, and look at the failures. Varon oh, for twenty million. Yeah. Steve Sidwell, <laughs> he was a freebie. <laughs> Tell about him, about Ben Hayim. Yeah, another freebie. But what, what, you know what I mean, like Shevchenko, Torres, are the, you know, the players who didn't really hit the heights. Crespo to an extent. We, we have a history of that, buying injured. We, we, we seem to love buying injured players, don't we? Yeah. Bakayoko was injured. Drinkwater's injured. Barkley, Barkley was injured. We seem to <laughs> love, love, we love a gamble. We love Shevchenko a gamble. Shevchenko was injured. Yeah. yeah. Can, can I just talk just quickly about going back to this five-man midfield um, debate? Oh, oh God. Just, God. Just, just, Andy, you'll like it. <laughs> Stats are involved. on and on. Um, so, yeah, so we played the 3-4-3 three, three predominantly last season. Um Zero, z- uh, zero nil-nil draws last year and we failed to score in just three matches in all competitions. Mm. That was against Arsenal in a 3-0 at the Emirates, against Spurs when they beat us at White Hart Lane and against United at Old Trafford when they beat us later on in the season. All games away from home. We scored in every single home game. Yeah. This year, eight games we haven't scored in yeah. and there's been five nil-nil draws. Yeah. What does that tell you? Well, apparently Boring. our defence is very good. <laughs> mm. Tells that our, uh, yeah, it does tell us our defence is very good. It also tells us we have a problem finishing. We know, have a yeah. problem getting forward, getting yeah. the men forward. No, no, we're creating chances, though. That's the other stat you've got to put in there. Okay. There are lots of chances. 
I mean, proper chances, not just shots from outside the air. I'm not talking about shots and shots on target. I'm talking about proper chances. Chances. Do you, you know the three chances that Morata had? The chances, the, the, the that, one, the one the chances that Christensen had. You know the chances that you know that the you yeah. know that, that well, we the are, headers with Christensen. Yeah, the, the chances that Fabregas had at the edge of the box. I mean, these are chances that should be put away. What, what, what I'd say about sorry, think, I was just going to say, do you think all these chances we missed? It's very rare you see any of them beat the ground in frustration. It's almost like they shrug it off and smile. Because they, it's almost like, are they a bit casual because they think another chance will come soon? To a degree. I think there's an element of that, yeah. yeah it's, I it's think really there's a bit odd. of embarrassment as well. Had those headers for Christensen being Cahill. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. But, you know, how many guilt-ed chances have there been over the last four games? There's yeah, there, 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 yeah, of course there are. We especially against them. Arsenal. Um, but I, I just think so, one, so I think it's a slightly misleading I think it's a slightly misleading yeah but one, one thing I didn't get a chance to look at was yeah but look the at touches, him he's a misleading the kind of guy the touches in the box that's the important thing to look at compared to last season and now which is a stat I haven't had time to look up but yeah. that's can you work you'll on see, it yeah, I will touches in the Ooh. box I'll be coming back next time you have me on <laughs> and can you do it by 10 minute breakdowns during a game <laughs> me for give, me let me give you some stats from that Arsenal game this yeah the, please because his are made up the first time the first time <laughs> that two news. Premier League clubs have drawn four meetings with each other in a single season since Blackburn versus Sunderland in 2000 oh I, I'll never forget oh, that, that series yeah, of games what, what was that stat first time that two Premier League clubs have drawn four meetings with each other in a single season Oh, Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought it was about Leicester. No, no, no. So, no side's been eliminated from the League Cup at the semi-final stage more times than Arsenal. Seven times they've been eliminated from the League Cup in the uh, semi-finals. Like, like, and the I last like time, the last time... Like Chelsea, Chelsea have won four of the last five League Cup ties against Arsenal, including a 4-3 aggregate semi-final victory en route to winning the trophy in 1998. Go on, Gareth. I was going to say, the last time that um, a team didn't score in their home leg of the semi-final in the first leg was in 2005, Chelsea against Man United, and we went on to win it. Oh, I love it. This is magic. Duff with his goal at Old Trafford. Last one, Chelsea manager Antonio Conte has enjoyed just one victory in his seven meetings with Arsenal in all competitions since the start of last season. Mm. Yeah, it's it become Drawn a bogey three, side again. Mm. Yeah, which I don't like. I love the fact that they just used to just capitulate. I, I, I love Every it time when... they saw Drogba, they just lay down and gave up. I love that. One last point about the Arsenal informing tools. What do we think about VAR? Uh, I think it's wonderful. I think they've got to work out. Did you watch it on telly? Uh, No, I was there. there. So I I would say my my one point is it's brilliant. It will work. It'll be fantastic. It'll clear certain problems up. But they have to communicate with the crowd what the hell's going on. We didn't know what was going on in that penalty area. When you watch rugby at Twickenham, right, on the screen, you see what the VAR are looking at. They show every angle. You can even see the ball going down. You can see that as they rewind it and you see every angle. The the screen, uh, everybody in the stadium, it's actually quite exciting looking at it. It can be made to be really good and well worth a watch. Yeah. I I just thought the problem problem with being in the crowd was... Didn't really know what was going no, on, so they need, need to put they it need on to the screen. But yeah, I think now they, they know that they've learned like that cricket. We well, like, well, like the concept of it. Yeah, I think yeah, what they definitely. should do. I think what they should do is the where the Welbeck and Sesk one. They stopped it for a corner, and it almost. Stop yeah, Chelsea's weird. flow. From what I should do is just let the game go on, and the VAR guys looking at it, and then if it is forty-five seconds and the ball's up the other end, they call the game back. So no, it was a penalty. Well, what happens if we score? On. I think you know, there's, there's a you know. few things. I think you let people know. You build up the tension, like watching it at cricket when you're there and what have you. It's really exciting when you're you know, waiting the only, for the, the drama. The only reason it works in cricket and rugby is because there are so many stops yeah. in the game. Yeah, yeah, but, of course. but what? But, but what if they score a goal while they're looking at it, and then they decide? Do you then cancel that oh, goal? Yeah, and sure. Then take but then it's almost like gonna... it's like playing advantage. 
Yeah. I, I, anyway, sorry, if the advantage doesn't work for the team that has got the VAR claim, yeah. then yeah. after 15 seconds, you call the game back. Yeah. Okay. But if, if it carries okay. on working for me, a work in progress, okay. we'll say. Yeah. All right. So, on the whole, we think it could be good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay. We've got to move on really rapidly to Leicester, where I think um, now you suggest that Leicester battered us nil nil. No, that was a joke. Oh, was it? <laughs> Should we go yes. through a team? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> so Gary Cahill and Bakioka returning to the starting eleven, having been on the bench for the game against Arsenal. Christensen and Drinkwater making way. Uh, but Drinkwater, uh, sorry, Christensen only for a while because obviously Cahill got injured early. Uh, Cahill started in the middle of the back three. Which I thought was was didn't really he looked nervy really work did it so Courtois in goal Aspilicueta Cahill Rudiger in the back three Zappacosta Alonso uh, Kante Bakayoko Fabregas Morata Hazard sticking with Gary's favourite three five two um, and uh, as I say uh, the, the sort of the early drama was Cahill. Um, going off after 33 minutes after an injury, Christensen coming back on, we immediately looked more solid. Now, there was talk, uh, and I saw this on Twitter, that we got battered, even though uh, Leicester only had 45% of the possession, they only had one shot on target, and uh, it was nil-nil. So explain to me how you can get battered the fir- on that The basis. first half, they were clearly the better team. I don't know battered's the word. Second half, we came back to complete, you know, especially when they, they had a man sent off. But the first half, we were... We were we were against the ropes, a bit under the cosh. I think yeah. you're, I think you're being generous. Well, I, I, I see one shot on I'm target. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not arguing. No, I, just, I'm I, I'm I don't think battered is the right word, no. but I'm telling you, no. we were against the ropes. I agree. Yeah. I, I think there were, could, there, there were times, but you know, we also you know we also created chances. We had seven shots on target in that game, yeah. and you know, and I think that yes, there were times when they broke on us and we looked we, a little. We bit We were ropey. much better second half. Our first half was appalling. I thought I thought that. They, if they had gone in, they had two, two, they, they had two shots on target. They had two shots, not even on target after the after the interval. Yeah, I, I think if they had gone in at half time, two or even three nil up, you wouldn't have gone. Oh my god, how did that happen? I would. Would you? Yeah. I, I think they. I don't were, think I they think, were that much better. No, I don't. I don't think they hurt us. I think my point is they got into positions where our defence really kind of crumbled. Luckily, they were as profligate as us in front of goal. <laughs> and luckily, they messed True. it up. So therefore, they didn't hurt us. No, they so didn't. So therefore, we how can they have no, been they dominant? They definitely they, gave us a they fright. Get, they gave us a fright, yeah, and they did. definitely had enough chances to actually secure a very, very nice win for them. But luckily, they are not very good in front of goal at the moment. And so I would agree with you. They didn't batter us, but if they'd have taken advantage of their situation, they could well have gone Here's in my with a healthy lead. Before we move on, I think we were poor. I think we, we weren't set up very well for that particular game. I don't think... We looked a bit lethargic and a bit sluggish, so we didn't close them down. They pressed very well. They won the ball very well. They broke very well, and they got themselves into interesting positions. But they didn't hurt us. They didn't look like hurting us, in the sense that they didn't get their shots away on target. And therefore, it's pretty football in the middle of the pitch that, for me doesn't say anything other than they have better possession, they look prettier. They didn't batter us. I think they profited from Chelsea's own mis- you know, shortcomings. And yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, yeah, then, exactly. then I'd agree with that. But the one, the one thing I will say as well, that people talk about, oh, Chelsea look tired and, you know, contact. This is why I think that, again, I'm not just going to criticise them for the sake of it, but I just think that the manager's there saying my players are tired. And it's like, well, come on, boss. You played Norwich a few weeks ago two weeks ago and you've given the team another game to be playing this week when really you should be you know um, preparing for Brighton right now rather than looking at Norwich you had Ampadu on the bench you had Sterling on the bench you had Musonda on the bench you know why didn't you rotate that team enough 
If these if these players really are tired, why aren't you rotating it in the games when? And th- this isn't me going on the full out youth offensive, you know, saying, "Oh, you know, get get the youth in, get the youth in." But at the same time, those players are the squad players. They're there to be used for those matches. So if the squad's that tired, why are you getting to play in this horrible goalless draw that's given him another game midweek? And what's he going to do now? He is going to play Ampadu tomorrow. He's, he said it today. You know, it's almost got one game too many at a time when Chelsea have got so many games coming. You know, and I just don't buy into it. The players are tired. I just think that no. change well, they, the system. They, they look tired. But <coughs> I think it's the case of the laborious style is the fact that there's too much congestion in certain areas. Is, there, why is that because is of the formation, do you think? Yeah, because of the five-man <laughs> midfield. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. <laughs> do you yeah, want to hear, actually, I, I have you we heard Gary's views? I've not heard his theory. Oh, OK. Gary, would you like... Don't even start. <laughs> Look, we, we haven't got that much time. So I would say this. Chelsea had seven shots on target in the match, right? That's only twice since 2003-2004 have we had more in a Premier League home game which we failed to score. In other words, you know, the margins are that fine. If we'd have put one of those away, everybody would have been turning out around a professional you know performance. What, do you know what the different what that is first half to second half? I'm not I'm not trying to catch you I, out. I don't know. I know what the Leicester Could you work is. on that one for next week so, along with Gary? So Leicester, <laughs> Leicester, <laughs> Leicester um, you know, they, they only had two shots, none, right. none okay. on target yeah. in the second half. Yeah. Okay, look, it was poor. It's been a pretty poor week because we can't score, but you know, and the it, booing, how the it is. booing at the end. I was just going to say I heard it during the first half. I didn't hear anything. <clears throat> yeah, but you know, you're in with the prawn I was, sandwiches. I was having aren't you? more champagne. You know, so, uh, you know, with <laughs> us, the, the people. Yeah. But the butler was giving me my hot towels. <laughs> well, I was wondering where that was going. I thought we were going back to the initial start of the conversation. <laughs> anyway, you know, you and your butler can do what you need to do. Um, but I, I heard booing at the, in, during the first half. I heard, you know, there was a lot of. A lot of groaning. You know, oh, terrible groaning. And there was a few outbursts against Conte. Which I haven't it's heard. It's Conte? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was kind of, I still found really shocking. You know, a lot of people going, well, not a lot, but an amount of people going, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know when to substitute. He doesn't know why doesn't yeah. he ever get he his He won the league. He doesn't know what he's doing. No, exactly. Well, it's yeah, a classic. Yeah, club. Yeah, exactly. You know. Let's get, let's get Ancelotti back. Yeah, well, you know, he'd probably be a work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's a good idea. No one's called for that one. So anyway, you know, it's been an odd week. It's been a strange week. You know, we, we move on from it. No, no, and what, are we, what about the booing, though? Well, I think it's awful. I think, personally, I don't like it. I get that some people say they've got a right to have an opinion and a right to boo. What was it also interesting during the game, I don't know if you saw from where you were, as Piliqueta turned to the Matthew Harding, trying to get everyone to get up and start clapping, and then Fabregas did it later um, and did exactly the same, got the ball and then passed it straight out to touch, which was yeah. quite amusing. But, I mean, it's obviously affecting the players as well. I don't think our support's been very good at the ground. No, I, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, for particularly the Matthew Harding stand, who we, who we always look at as being, you know, the the the, the, the hardcore it, fans that are going to start something, have been incredibly quiet. I agree. Now, I think there's, the players have some responsibility to that. I'm not putting that all on the fans at all, by any stretch of the imagination. I go to every game. You know, I, I feel as much responsibility to be participate in lifting the players as many as much as anything else. But you know, there there, there is a massive disconnect at the moment between yeah. the players and the fans. And you know, we are, you know, we, we're doing the terrible thing of singing when we're winning, but we're not doing that beforehand. And I would urge all the fans you know, to, to, to get behind the players. Because I don't, honestly don't think booing helps anything. No, I think it's, it's, it's going to make things worse. Nobody, is actually what it's going to do. Nobody ever admits to it. You know, if you say to people, they'll turn around and go, <laughs> no, I, you know, I've got a right. I don't do it personally. You know, but I think, you know, I've got a right to. I pay my 50 pounds or whatever it is. I don't think you've got a right to. I think if you do that, you're an idiot. I think <laughs> buy yourself a nice big telly, sit in your house and shout at that. Yeah. Don't necessarily come to the grounds and boo afterwards. Support the clues in the name. I say it every year. Yeah. Support the team. Well, you know, 
complained as well, didn't he, about it? Yeah, he, he did. did. I thought, well, when you go Real Madrid, wait until they get the white hankies out. Well, yeah. I mean, there's that. I think he was also referencing the Bakayoko situation at Norwich. You know, he was uh, he was talking about you know uh, booing and whistling every time a player touches the ball, which was the Bakayoko. Well, he got a lot of stick actually on Saturday. Bakayoko. Well, he did. And I, yeah. Well, he was he was very poor, and you know, I can understand people groaning about it. And I turned around to my son and you know groaned about it. What I don't do is scream, "You useless sea bomb!" And you know, for ninety minutes yeah. throughout the game or boo him whenever he touches the ball or boo him when his name's announced on the team sheet you know to me that's just absolutely stupid and dumb and ridiculous and why would you do that if you're a supporter of a club sort yourself out yeah that's true anyway we don't like it um i think you know chelsea need to just move on and move on we shall tomorrow night at can norwich I, can I just do the you want to oh, okay if you want to do that first let's well, do, let's do the roundup all right so so the development <laughs> squad won five nil away to sunderland on sunday to get back to winning ways hat trick for callum hudson adoy why isn't he in the first can game, say, why is he not in the first have team gary seen, have you seen the goals yeah, see this is the one's, other, a, one's is, a penalty this is the other thing about he scored the hat trick and it, oh he's got a hat trick he should play against norwich have you seen the goals yes it's like the guy's not beating 11 players and then putting it in. They're goals that are youth team goals. Put him in a first team against men, those goals don't get scored. Yeah, one, one of them's a penalty. Um, but, you know, he's clearly a good player. He is a very you know, good player. Didn't Conte say today that he needs a little, he needs a little bit more time, doesn't he? Yeah, of course he? they do. But yeah. I just think they need to be blooded at yeah. some point. So, goal for Ethan Ampadu in that game as well, and Ika Ugbo. You know, so they're, they're, they're all progressing well. As you say, Ethan Ampadu might play tomorrow night. Uh, Under-18s drew 2-2 with Aston Villa on Saturday. That's the first time they've dropped points at home this season. Does keep their remarkable unbeaten run going. One loss in 17 matches this campaign for Jody Morris's under-18s. Well done to them. And the ladies suffered a disappointing 1-0 loss to Man City ladies at home on Sunday in the Continental Tyres Cup semi-final. But we're sure Amma's team will bounce back. Yep, Kerry. We will hope so. Can I um, just finish on a more positive note about after all this complaining? Okay. I've got a funny story. Have you? Right, so. Right, okay. I was just going to say, you're looking rather toned. Have you been working out or something? Yoga, darling. Oh, is that what I'm you're doing? I'm feeling very zen. Yoga, that's, that, that, that's the poor man's Pilates, isn't it? Oh, well, listen to no, this, No, it's right. the wise listen, man's yes, Pilates. Listen, listen. So on, um, on Friday, I've been doing Pilates because of my dodgy back and I started doing yoga. But so I've been on my gym app and I've been booking these classes and I keep missing them. And then, um, so I turn up to yoga and they're sitting down, the yoga teachers walk around speaking to everyone and, um, comes home and says, Oh, you're new here. I was like, yes. So he starts chatting. He's like, Oh, okay. You know, have you ever done yoga, et cetera, et cetera. Tell him about my back problem, show him the big bruise on my back. He's like, Oh, right. Okay. Take it easy, et cetera, et cetera. Really nice guy. And as he leaves, he goes, Oh, my name's Gareth, by the way. Gareth Chandler is his name. He says, oh, I'm Gareth. I went, oh, I'm Gary. He went, Gary Hayes. And I went, I thought, oh God, he, he's seen me. I'm the one who doesn't turn up when I've booked myself on this on this class and all that. And he went, and yes, he went. Oh my God, I'm a big fan of yours. I listened to you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, I listen all the time. And we had a little chat. Said he's read my work. He's a big fan of my work and all this. And, oh wow, I'm gonna have to go to your class tomorrow from Gareth. I'm going tonight. And I, f- funny enough, I was in my Monaco training top that I bought when I went to watch him in the summer. And he goes, why are you wearing that? I was like. Oh yeah, I was a bit embarrassed, and now I've got my Chelsea shirt in my bag to wear tonight to impress his teacher. But but what he said, I goes, I'll wear my Chelsea shirt next time for you. So this is a little shout out for Gareth. But then I, I said to him, I was, oh, do you like the podcast? And he said, yeah, it's really good. It educates me on Chelsea. He used to sit in the East Stand when it was the green seats. And then he went on to the benches in the West. And he said, oh, I really like you and Kerry, but Andy Saunders. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He's, he's got a point. I, yeah. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm a bit marmite. He's too zen to dislike anyone. But if he wasn't, I'm he sure. 
doesn't, what he was he doesn't saying. Think, so, he doesn't think you're Nizar Kinsella, does he? <laughs> but, <laughs> well, so right, we man. should do a Zen, we should right, do a Zen shout out. Mm. <laughs> there we go. Zen shout out. I was going for the silent the one. The sound of one Maori You, you ended clapping. up with it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, quickly, last round up. We've got some games this week. We've got Norwich tomorrow night, and then we've got the... Who have we got Brighton. the weekend? Brighton away. away. I'm, I'm going with Andy. Yeah, Are me, you? me and Gary have a boys' day out in Brighton. A boys' layout? A boys' night out. I think that was a Freudian slip. Boys' night out at 12.30 anyway. kickoff. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, Seb, predictions for Norwich, please. 3 0. 3-0, Andy? I think this is a dry streak coming to an end with, with some style. I think, I think you know, your team's been waiting to get it and unfortunately it's going to be Norwich and we're going to beat so. them 4-0. Okay. Well, the last time we played Norwich in the third round of the FA Cup was in 2002 and it was just before, a few days before the game at Carrow Road was when John Terry had his incident at the nightclub with Jody Morris and Des Byrne and then he turned up and, at that at game Wellington. and we were rubbish. Yeah, and we were rubbish in the game. We drew 0-0. Played, played Graham Lasso at right back in that game. What, a Carrow Road? Yeah. Okay, because then John Terry came on for Desai at half-time. Graham Lasso, I was at that game. Graham Lasso came over to the stand and went, he's playing me at right-back to the, well, play, yeah, to the yeah. fans. <laughs> like, like, completely incredible. This is Ranieri who would have been manager. <laughs> I know, he was like, and, he's um, playing me at right-back. It was like very, it was very funny. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, so, but then the replay, because after this drab performance, the replay was um, 4-0 when Zola scored that goal yeah. against oh, Rob Green. Yeah. So I'm sort of harking back 16 years thinking, oh, that's what we'll do. But I just think it's going to be a rubbish game, a boring game, and it'll be 1-0 to Chelsea. That'll do, though. I thought, I thought we were ending, ending positively. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, well, no, he's bad. Could that be Look, anything to do with the midfield? 1-0 will do, and yeah. then Newcastle in the next round. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to go for 6-0. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to go 0-0. Ethan Ampadu-Hattrick. No, Callum Thingy comes on. Well, he's not playing. hudson Odoi. Uh, how do you know he's not Because he said he wasn't going to play today. He said he needs to step up a little bit might be cunning ruse there nah, okay yeah mm. to, to you know. fool the, the giants anyway, of, the, of the we will see i hope it was, well yeah <laughs> um okay last one it is brighton away seb off you go. andy i think you might be and, sorry and Morata is going to score he is ah, going to is score. he not going to score tomorrow i'm not sure but he is going to score on saturday Okay, no, well, that's good. I like that. I, I, I'm, I fancy 1-0. I don't think it's going to be a classic, but I think we'll win it. Okay. 1-0. Can I warn you as well, I've been to five games this year and we haven't scored in four of them. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're the jinx. Do you know what? We're starting to get <laughs> a bit Five games in the whole you. season? Yeah. Or five away games? No, just five games in the season. Well, I'll tell you what, then, we the don't want your prediction. So we I'm want, yeah, we want the view from shot. New Zealand. What is the New Zealand oh, vote? bro, if I was going to the game, eh, it'd be like, Bride and nil, Chelsea four, bro. But Gary's going, so it's going to be like nil, nil, bro. <laughs> well, thank you so much. My prediction is it's going to be 3 1 Chelsea. There you go. So that's it. Thank you very much, everyone. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, 
Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.